The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Early Edge in your divisional round NFL Mega Preview. Powered, as always, by the almighty sports line, the best value in all of sports betting, and it's not even close. Now, the reason we do the show on Tuesdays is to try to beat the number, to break down the games before we get to the critical days of Thursday and Friday. Four big games this week, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, culminating with the Bills and the Chiefs 630 Eastern time at Arrowhead Stadium. Is there any better way to spend a Sunday night. Now, let's bring in the stars of the show. And you know, I bring in my heavy hitters every single week. Maestro, a little bit under the weather today, but you know I got got my goats. First and foremost, live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level, M Square. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Coach. RJ, good to see you once again. My favorite show of the week. Love breaking these games down early. Get to see really... For me, it's fun just because I get to see if I'm really truly right or wrong in the market throughout the rest of the week, right? When we grab this early number. So really fun for me. It's a nice little test. Uh, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Ed in the chat says, it's a little quiet in here. So there's only one thing to say. Coach loves unders. Er, Ed, but I respect it. I respect it. Now, this man, I tell you every single week, if you're not following RJ White on Twitter, then you're just not doing yourself a service. A savage and no referee is safe. RJ, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. You know they have the Nickelodeon MVP, the NVP that they vote on, and it gets rigged, so they give it to the losing quarterback because everybody floods it. I wish they allowed write-in votes because you know we get a, re- a referee voted MVP for one of these games, <laughs> and uh, they'd have to discontinue the award altogether. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? By the way, speaking of that Nickelodeon game, if people haven't seen the interview that Debo did with the kid after the game, Take the time. Go back and watch it. That, to me, is what sports is supposed to be all about. And that little kid, he's going to take Jay Smooth's job when he gets older. I can guarantee you that. All right, now, let's get into our games this week. Now, two games on Saturday, gentlemen. And we're going to start We're going to start at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Bengals and the Titans. Now, Tennessee coming off a bye week. They're laying three and a half. The total is 46 and a half. We have no official play in this game other than Mikey, let me come to you because you like them as part of a teaser. Talk to me. I do. I like them as part of a teaser. It's going to have to be a teaser for some of you. It's a parlay for me, uh, just looking at the numbers that you can grab. So I'm playing the Cincinnati side here at 11 in my alternate spread uh, parlay. If you're only able to tease it, you can get it to nine and a half. That is fine. I do like 11 better in this spot. Um, I, I make Tennessee minus four in the game. Um, I'm not going to tease with them and tease through zero on this spot. So I'm going to tease on the Bengals side, get them up to 11 in an alternate spread where I'm pairing them with the Green Bay Packers money line. You can find this minus 108 to minus 119. Very similar thought process, but getting plus 11 in Packers money line is going to be better than taking Packers plus a half 
and nine and a half on the Bengals. It's very similar, but for the same price, you might as well get the 11 on the Cincinnati side. So I'm expecting the game to be still relatively competitive. I give Titans the edge with the home field, obviously likely to have some form or some version of Derrick Henry back for this game. Um, I expect them to come out sharp. I, I think that out of all the teams out there, we talk about teams maybe coming out slow off of bye weeks and things like that. I think this was a team that just desperately needed a bye week, and I think it was going to be really good for them. So I think Vrabel will have them ready to play. I don't expect too much of a hangover there for them. Uh, again, I make the number minus four. It's minus three and a half in the market currently. I know a lot of people will be interested in jumping on Cincinnati just because of the success that they've had, how good Burrow has looked at times. Mm-hmm. Can't really fault them for it because, again, I'm on that side in the parlay or teaser but I'm not comfortable playing it at the three, three and a half. So give me plus 11 or plus nine and a half in a teaser if you have to. For those people at home that might be a little bit confused at what Mikey just said, a normal parlay payout can be two and a half, three to one. And this would be down closer to below one and a half. That's why the alternate line brings that number down. But it's a much better number. That just kind of maybe clears up a little bit for those of you who are brand new to the show. We like to be very creative at times to get a better number. So, RJ, let me come to you. Based off of what Mikey just said, the natural better would look at Cincinnati, look at how they're playing, look at how they beat the Raiders, good defense, Joe Burrow not making any mistakes, and they would say that is the side. How do you see it? And I'm waiting for you guys to push this number down to three so I could take Tennessee. I don't have a pick in this game because I want to be on Tennessee. Uh, Since he had several defensive injuries against Vegas while Tennessee's had the week off to get healthier, Henry's obviously the big name there. Um, But, you know, Trey Hendrickson got hurt in that game. Uh, He might be able to play. But they lost Larry Ogunjobi. We know he's definitely not playing. He's done for the Mm -hmm. season. And their pressure rate drops from 35% to 26% when he's not on the field. Um, If you compare those numbers and rank them as if that was their complete, you know, defense for the season, that 35% would rank, I believe, second in the league and 26% would rank 30th. That's how big that gap is when when he dropped. They turned from one of the best pressure teams in the league to one of the worst. So um, I think they're not going to get a ton of pressure here on Ryan Tannehill. Um, the Tennessee rush offense hasn't fallen apart without Henry, but you know, get any any uh, any semblance that you can get of him is going to be huge. You know, even if it's seventy percent, eighty percent, he's having him on the field is going to be great. Um, Tennessee's defense can get pressure without blitzing. We know that's how Burrow typically um, you know uh, takes advantage of those blitzes, and uh, the Raiders were able to hang in that game because they don't blitz a ton. Um, Burrow didn't have like an explosive game, a ton of points there. Mm-hmm. They had to settle for some field goals in that game. Uh, Tennessee's defense can do that too. And that great rush defense that they have means a lot of third and longs and they don't have to blitz and they, and they can bring some pressure with their guys they already have in their base package. Uh, Tennessee is 11 and one when they don't commit three plus turnovers this season. All you got to do here is protect the ball in advance and you have to figure that game plan is much easier with Henry now leading the way versus a beat up Cincinnati defense. Tennessee's had eight wins versus teams with winning records this year. That's the most all time in one year. For any team, it's it's beat beat eight winning winning teams um, in one year. Tennessee's done that. We're underrating Tennessee at this point. We all love this Bills Chiefs matchup. We kind of a lot of people think it's the de facto AFC Championship game. Tennessee is a very good team. They're getting healthier now. Mike Vrabel is eight and zero straight up and against the spread all time with at least eight days between games. And obviously he has that here with the bye week. They're just a perfect spot for Tennessee. So I'm hoping to get three. I will lay the three and a half if I have to, but I'm hoping the momentum builds for Burrow winning that game. Everybody's talking about Cincy and we can pull Tennessee three here because I think they're the right side. 
Man, everything you just said absolutely leans towards the Titans at the three and a half, which makes sense on why Mikey would take the Bengals up to 11. But, Mikey, let me come back to you because so many people are going to be looking at the Derrick Henry coming back and saying, oh, that's what they need. Now, from a prop perspective, we normally don't talk props on the show, but he's going to be somebody people talk about. How careful should we be in using him this week, whether it's daily fantasy like you like to do or putting him into any kind of a prop this week as well? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to monitor practice reports. We're going to have to monitor where the prop opens initially. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how quickly they put the prop up. I'm checking now. Obviously, I don't expect anything uh, anytime soon, but we're going to look and see. Uh, even at his touchdown scoring prop, so he is minus 190 to score a touchdown. Um, wow. So I, obviously wow. they're trying to get ahead of that. Um, I was going to say basically, I, I think he's pretty pretty good bet to score a touchdown in the game. However, obviously the juice is super high there. But as far as the rushing number, I think it's a little too early in the week to know based on what I have heard. Uh, I would fully expect him to be in red zone. I would fully expect him to be in some of those first and second downs. Um, I think that they probably limit him a little bit. Maybe It sounds weird to say, but maybe a little bit limited in the first half and, and maybe save him a little bit more for the second half. Um, okay. I don't know. I, we really need at least one more day of to really – listen to some of the stuff. Obviously they, they could be bringing and holding things back in that sense as well. Um, you know, a lot of the talk, you know, we talked about acres, how effective would he be? He looks great. Right. For, for the Rams. Mm -hmm. He does. Um, it's, it's so hit or miss. Like we don't know with these guys coming off of these injuries that were both considered to be season ending injuries. We didn't think we'd see either one of them initially again this season. Uh, so I'm going to be very cautious with it personally, just because I don't know what their plans are. As far as using him, um, the run game was still relatively effective without him. So I would expect one or two of those backs uh, probably form in here to at least spell him and, and do something closer to like we've seen the Kansas City Chiefs do when they're healthy with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Daryl Williams. I personally would be like kind that. of stunned if it was 100% Derrick Henry like we saw before the injury. Okay. I've got another question about this game. I'm going to back, back to you, but real quick, RJ, let me come to you because uh, when you look at the scoring from wildcard weekend, 45 in the Bengals game, we had 64 in the bills game, 46 in the bucks, 40, and then 63. This total for this game is 46 and a half. Do you like either side or would you lean? Cause people love betting totals. We know that. Um, I would probably lean to the over because those Cincinnati injuries on the defensive side, I feel like Tennessee can score more points now that they're getting healthier with A.J. Brown and they're along with Derrick Henry. I mean, this could really be a 30-point game for them. So um, uh, I would lean to the over here, but I'm not like super thrilled thrilled with it because who knows when you get weather involved and Cincy's offense may struggle against a defense that's been resting and, and, and you know, they may struggle, struggle to point points on themselves. So um, my lean would be the over if you want to throw it in something, but that's just a lean. Okay. Mikey, let me come back to you in the chat. Somebody said, Mikey, what about green Bay money line and the Titans money line instead of doing the Bengals at plus 11? I don't know what that would pay out, but probably back to that. I don't know what that would pay out, but what do you think about that? Yeah, so I personally, I as much as I like the Titans, and I again, I make them minus four. If you somehow got to two and a half, I'm easily betting them uh, just because of where it's at and the way these games score and the way I think the Titans will operate if they are leading. Uh, I think that 
the plus 11 personally is a better play for me just because I, I do think that Burrow and the Bengals will be able to keep it within that number. Uh, that's just where I'm at in terms of looking at my simulations. If you love the Titans or for some reason don't like the Bengals, uh, I would say that you should probably wait till it hits to three and this get a much better price by taking the Titans minus three uh, is what I would do in that situation. But where I'm at now, it's Bengals plus 11. All right. Well, we'll have plenty more on that coming up later in the week. Don't forget our Prop Spectacular every single Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern time right here on our YouTube channel uh, with Prop Stars and Uncle Dave. All right, let's move to game number two, gentlemen. And that's Saturday, 8.15 Eastern time. And this is a team that we've been very, very bullish on for the last several weeks. And the way they won heading into the playoffs, I think, had a big statement in their minds on how they were going to go to Dallas. And they jump out to a quick lead, and then they just hung on at the end to win uh, by six points. So now they have to travel for the second week in a row to Green Bay. The 49ers do. Packers laying five and a half, the total 47 and a half, and the Packers are the other number one seed like the Titans. So they had a bye week to get healthy, get fresh, have fresh legs. RJ, how do you see this one? Yeah, there's reasons to like both sides in this game. You know, Green Bay edged out San Francisco in the first meeting. It's a different San Francisco rushing attack here. The Trey Sermon is the RB1 in that game. And this before Debo was getting a bunch of carries every game. He had two carries for no yards in that game. In that game, Green Bay went up 17-0. Uh, and then San Fran showed some tenacity battling back. Took a fourth quarter lead, uh, I believe, with like 30-something seconds left. And then Green Bay was able to rally, as Aaron Rodgers was wont to do, and, and you know bring the team down, kick a field goal to win it with Crosby. Um, Green Bay's defense is 30th in yards per rush allowed. So that San Fran offense could have success if they're able to do what they want to do and they're not in an early hole. And that's that's kind of the key to this game. Is Aaron Rodgers going to put his team up quickly, being fresh, coming off that bye? And uh, San Francisco has to play in a way that they don't like to play. Um, back in 2019, that wasn't the case. San Fran rushed for 285 yards, which is 69 passing yards in a playoff win over Green Bay. I mean, that's just that would be ideal. If you can if you can script this, that's what that's what they're going to sign up for. Uh, and that one sent him to the Super Bowl there. Um, Green Bay won the number one seed this year, though, with a week to spare, and they're getting healthy, especially on the offensive line. They had three. Bakhtiari came back in week seven, uh, week eighteen. Um, I forgot that there's eighteen weeks this this season for I the know, first right? time ever. Um, <laughs> you have uh, Myers, I think, got healthy. They have more, more guys getting healthy. Then you got Jair Alexander, Preston Smith getting healthy on the defensive side. That's a lot of talent coming back for a Green Bay team that won the number one seed with a week to spare, like I said, and they're they're getting even better now. Um, San Francisco's defense has played very well down the stretch. Uh, we'll have to monitor Bosa and Warner throughout the week. Warner seems like he's said he's going to play on Twitter. He, he indicated that, but players always think they're going to play. So we just got to <laughs> see in practice how that works out and how Bosa works out um, because the San Francisco defense needs them in this matchup. I think if San Francisco falls behind this time, it feels like Green Bay runs away with it and covers with ease. Um, but, you know, now that it's down to, to five and a half, um, I, I'm on the Green Bay side. I'm going to roll with the better quarterback, probably the better coach. After what we saw in this week, I wasn't impressed by what Shanahan did closing out that game. So I think Green Bay is probably the side you want to go with. Probably not going to get any better than five and a half. So this is probably where you play it. I think that's great advice. Mikey, let me come over to you because the Green Bay Packers have got to be haunted by years past. And also, let's keep in mind, Aaron Rodgers, as great as he is playing, and it's like, it's it's great to think about a quarterback playing until 44 like Tom Brady. Let's be honest. It never happens. So Aaron Rodgers' time is limited. How much pressure do you think the Packers are feeling again? Because I believe this is the third year in a row that they've had the entire playoffs come through and they have yet to make it to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, definitely a lot of pressure there. A lot of it, obviously, on Aaron Rodgers himself. Uh, I do think he can handle it. I think he's set up in a pretty good spot. Uh, you know, as far as matchups go, I think this is a pretty – it's about as friendly as you can ask for in the NFC right now. Um, you know, this 49ers team is kind of playing with house money at this point, the way that they they got in in certain spots, got that win on the road here. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of emotion building with them, frankly, going maybe a little farther than they should. Uh but I, I think they're pressing their luck a little bit. I think that if you talk about home field advantage in the NFL, in the playoffs, you know, outside of a blizzard in Buffalo, maybe that I don't know that there's a greater home field advantage than Aaron Rodgers at home at Lambeau in this kind of condition. So we're talking these temperatures by the end of the game anyway, late in the game, we're going to have single digit temperatures with the 20 mile per hour winds. We're looking at negative 20 wind chills in this game, 30% chance of snow. Uh, with a quarterback that's got the shoulder injury, got some other injuries here. Um, we see the way that they use Debo and some of these other players so aggressively. Hanging on to the football might be tough for some of those players. Um, I just give the edge on both sides to Green Bay. I make this game closer to minus seven. And I, I don't think – I would jump on it now because I think it's more likely to head back to six to six and a half than it is to go to five or four and a half, for example, in the spot. So, I again, I just think they're pressing their luck with Garoppolo. I don't think that they're going to have much success unless they can build an early lead in this game because if Aaron Rodgers marches down, scores a touchdown – Packers get some sort of a 10-point lead here. I personally think San Francisco is kind of toast in this spot just because I do not think that they're built with Jimmy Garoppolo to come back from deficits. And again, it's just a tough place to go play. It such is. And RJ, based off of what M Squared just said, we have no idea because they're not telling us just how serious this shoulder injury is. Yes, he finished the game, but we saw some of those throws at the end of the game weren't exactly great throws. So how concerned would should, would, should we be that this number, as Mikey said, will go up based off of what information they give us as the week goes? Definitely concerned. Um, you know, if, if he's missing practice, if he's limited, if he shows up as questionable, that line's going to be like, well, if this is a Trey Lance game in the playoffs, this line's going to be huge. Mm -hmm. So they're going to start shading it up, up to seven, seven and a half, um, just on the off chance that he doesn't play. And you figure, well, if he does play and he's limited, you know, and he's he's not 100 percent, I'm at least live with Green Bay at seven, seven and a half. So you, you kind of feel OK putting that bet in. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to you know, that's going to shoot up. So you do want to get it in. I think early I'm talking about the home field advantage. Mikey was talking about uh, this is one of the better ones. You know, early in the season, we had a lot of lower home field advantages. I don't think it's worth three points anymore like it used to be. Mm -hmm. But when, you know, capping for the playoffs, I adjust that up. It's just an electric crowd in the home field advantage. You can't overstate how big that is. Um, so typically in the season, I would have Green Bay at like a three point. They were the one, one of the few teams that I put at three points. Most teams were around two points. Now in this, in the divisional round of the playoffs, every team's at least three points to me at a home field. And I got Green Bay at four. And when you put them at four points, that's, I also have them as a, this line should be seven. So I agree with Mikey on that sense that seven is a good line there for me. I think the home field advantage, you have to kind of adjust your thinking once you get to the playoffs, because it might not be worth three, you know, early in the season, but this is a whole different beast, you know, playing in the playoffs on the road and you have to add that number on so you get three or four point home field advantages at this point look at what happened in buffalo look at what happened in kansas city look at how the Bengals hang on i think that crowd had a lot to do with it in cincinnati every team that won this past weekend all six also covered the spread also covered the spread mikey let me come back to you butch in the chat says 
M squared. With the weather, would it be better to get it under three in a teaser, or is it good enough at five and a half where it is right now? I mean, I've elected to use them in a teaser or a, a parlay with them on the money line. Basically the same thing at this point. You're taking plus a half a point in a teaser. Um, I, I personally, I like it at five and a half. It didn't quite make the full play. Um, just waiting out some some news on the Garoppolo situation because I'm a little a little suspicious with the line movement to five and a half. Uh, I, again, I'm expecting it to go the other way to six and a half uh, where it should close. Um, we'll see later in the If you want to jump on it, again, I, I make them seven. I just elected to use them on the money line in mine. Um, but I, I personally, I still feel relatively good about minus five and a half. All right. Very, very good. All right. So that is our second game again, 8.15 Eastern time. Don't forget, we'll have plenty of props from this game Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time right here on our YouTube channel. But we're part of a much bigger family here at Sportsline associated with CBS, and we're all for it, but also associated with Showtime. And they've got an incredible show called Ray Donovan. Check it out. Hello. I tell you something I did. Ray? Something bad. It runs downhill. Father to son, father to daughter. He's gonna kill Nikki. It has to end. Do you know what's a good show when you go from being a show? to a movie check out ray donovan the movie on showtime all right if you're just joining us you're watching our divisional round nfl mega preview here at the early edge powered as always by the almighty sports line time to shift our focus to sunday and i love it now that the nfl several years ago decided to move the sunday game guys to three and to 6 30 it's just a better atmosphere getting one of these game under the light so game number one on sunday and Mikey, I'm coming to you. Rams at the Bucks. Bucks laying three, the total 48 and a half. The Rams were dominant last night against the Cardinals. But am I making more of a deal of the fact that they had to play on Monday than I should be? One less day to prepare for the first time ever in the playoffs. Talk to me. Uh, I mean, yeah, the day is important. It's not certainly not insignificant. Um, it's not something totally unusual in the sense that they've done it before. Uh, every team essentially has to go through it at some point in the season. So from that aspect, uh, I think it's fine. I also think that because of the way that they won last night, uh, they didn't have to necessarily keep the foot on the pedal the entire way. Um, I, I think that that helps a little bit. They were likely, I would have to go look at some of the snap counts to be 100% sure on it, but I, I think they gave a few players a few additional snaps off late in that game. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's a massive deal, but as far as where the game is, this one is like, I, I think the line is basically correct. Like, I, I think you have to almost make this a pick em, um, which is basically what this is saying. We, we Home field advantage becomes worth about three points in the playoffs. And, and that's what you're seeing here for the home team. You put these teams on a neutral field and it's a pick them. And we might have to be giving Tom more credit than he deserves, even as much as I can say that. Uh, I'm very worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how beat up they are personally and how healthy this Rams team is coming into this game. I think the Rams team is definitely in good shape coming into it. So I make the Buccaneers minus 2.7 in the simulations, not enough to get to a play on either side. Um, 
it's going to be very interesting to see if we see any movement at all on this one. If we go one way or the other to three and a half or two and a half, uh, at which point it might create a little bit of a value to, to go play it. But as of right now, um, I can't really comfortably make the case there unless you just want to play into the fact that you think the Bucks are beat up and they're overvalued a little bit because they have Tom Brady and they're playing at home. It's interesting that perspective and RJ, as we come to you, I think if you're a Rams fan and you look at the way they played last night and that defense dynamic. Now, Kyler was terrible. We know that. But their defense was dynamic. And Matthew Stafford really looked like he was trying to take care of the football. And when they do that, this is a very, very dangerous team. What do you make of this number? Yeah, and Stafford did a great job taking care of the football, but they didn't have him do hardly anything. I think he had, what, 17 attempts or something like that? Right, Run game was just incredible, and that's because Arizona's terrible against the run. That's not what you're going to get here with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, um, you know, it was more reputation than statistics for much of the year, um, 14th in yards per per carry, those type of numbers. And then they showed up against a team that's that been able to run on everyone in, in Philly and just shut them down. So I think that's kind of what you're going to see here. So it's going to be on Stafford to, uh, you know, to, to – do what he needs to do to win this game. I don't think the running game is going to get it done for him. And we've seen that's been problematic this year with those pick sixes, eight interceptions on his side of the field. I think Tampa can get those turnovers. Um, in the first meeting where the Rams kind of ran away with that one, um, Cockrell and Delaney played 80% of the defensive snaps at cornerback in that game. They're special teamers now. They don't hardly play on defense at, at all. Um, so the, the the Buccaneers are able to get healthy in the secondary. I think they're going to be able to handle this Rams receiving core and Matthew Stafford a little better. Um, you might want to have uh, wait for Sean Murphy Bunting, see if he'll be back. He was limited last week. Wasn't able to make it back. Um, I think there's a better chance he comes back this week obviously if he's able to practice in limited fashion last week you probably think you'll see him in this game i think that rams pass rush obviously a problem for a banged up tampa bay offensive line but if any quarterback can handle the pass rush it's brady i mean that that's kind of the equalizer there um he'll move guys around he'll shift protections around he'll get rid of the ball when he needs to get rid of the ball this isn't like playing kyler murray this isn't playing like anybody else in the league this guy has more playoff experience than anyone in history um so when you look at this line it's such a small number which of these quarterbacks is more likely to make a dumb game-changing mistake in this game, I think it's got to be Matthew Stafford. So yes. I'm looking at Tampa. It looks like you talked about, will this line move? Um, that excitement of seeing the Rams on Monday has made the juice in the game move. You know, it opened at three. It's it's pushing toward the Rams. It's at minus 120 on the Rams now. It feels like it wants to tip to two and a half. And if it does, I'm going to be looking to play Tampa at two and a half and trust that the better quarterback comes out on top in this game. Okay. Let's talk weapons for a second and Mikey let me come back to you because if we play into what we saw last night OBJ is the guy we need to start looking at because Cooper Cup went, fell well short of his numbers last night five for 67 his numbers were like eight for 107 so he didn't come close to that OBJ was great then on the other side we got Mike Evans and uh Gronk and they didn't cover him and Tom Brady found them early and often what do you make of the weapon use this week yeah, it's super interesting. I, I do want to talk about Odell Beckham. We've given him a lot of crap over the last couple of years yes. of his career. I honestly will admit I'm someone who has too. He was terrible in some of those situations. He has been very good in this offense. And, you know, I've got to say it 
probably helps playing on a team that is winning. Um, you know, offense is in better position a lot of the time. You've got Cooper Cup out there drawing a ton of attention. You've got great running backs. Um, so I think it's obviously helped him a lot, but he has been good. I can't deny that. And he is a legitimate weapon for them. Van Jefferson back to being healthy again. Higby has been great, but it's really about Cam Akers. Uh, having both Akers and Michelle here, I think it's legitimate weapons. As far as the other side of the ball, Tom Brady needs a healthy Leonard Fournette, in my opinion, in this matchup. He Leonard Fournette is good enough on the ground and catching passes out of the backfield. Obviously, we saw it out of Gio Bernard. Uh, great addition to have him back as well. But if he needs to have Leonard Fournette and uh, Bernard both in there who, again, both can catch passes. Fournette can spell them and get them three to four yards. Just put them in better positions, which they're going to need to be against this Rams pass rush. So, I look, I'm very excited for the game. Um, I still think the weapons are a little better on the Rams side. Obviously, the great equalizer is the drastic difference in the two quarterbacks. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really, really good game. But I do think that even though Matthew Stafford is the one throwing the football, I think the Rams have a lot more big playability in them. And I think that could be the difference in this one. Very, very interesting. Uh, is there a name or a player, RJ, that the public, because you are always so good at seeing, just like the Cardinals aren't good at running, we knew what their completion and attempts prop was going to be under. Is there a player that you're looking at in this matchup that maybe the rest of the world is not looking at that could potentially have a big game that we could lean into? Well, like I said, I think those corners will have some success against the Rams uh, receivers. So we're, we're seeing Becca make these big, big plays. We know what Cup can do. So maybe Higby comes in as a secondary weapon and he gets a little more receiving you know, uh, juice than people are used to because he's not having these big days. He's not a big name tight end like the guy on the other side. So yeah. he might be a guy that comes in, sneaks through for a touchdown, sneaks through for a 60-yard game when we're not expecting it because um, you know Beckham is just having issues you know, with it, with the coverage and they're doubling up on Cup and, and all of a sudden you got to go to guys like Higby. So that would be the guy I'd look to on the offensive side of the ball that might have a little bit more of a sneaky, um, you know, good performance that we're not expecting. All right. Very, very good. All right. I think we will leave it right there. Bucks minus the three. Can you guys still hear me? I think I hit it. Can you guys still hear me? Okay, good. I almost pulled a J smooth on myself. Uh, so the Bucks are minus three and great analysis uh, by you guys. All right. Now this is the game. And I think I know Mikey is and RJ, you've got to, you've got to be all three of us are highly invested in the final game of the weekend. Does it get any better than this? Bills, Chiefs, Arrowhead, 6.30 Eastern time, Sunday night. Bills just took apart the Pats in historic fashion. Seven touchdown drives, winning 47-17. to 17. The Chiefs blow out the Steelers, 42-21. They both go north of 40. Travis Kelsey throwing a touchdown pass in the process. Boys, this is big-time football. RJ, I'm going to let you start. The number is the Chiefs minus two. The total is 54.5. Both of you, this is your only straight best bet so far this week, the Chiefs minus two. Talk to me, RJ. Yeah, I had to get in on the Chiefs minus two. I think you have to make them three points in this game at home, considering what we know about home field, considering that the Buffalo offense, as good as they looked, and they look when they're playing like that last week, they can beat anyone. They could win the Super Bowl if they play like that for three more weeks, but that's not what we've seen. They haven't put together four weeks like that this season. Every time they have a good game, then they, they lose six to nine against the Jaguars. You know, it's just, this is what we can, can expect from them. Um, so I think of these two, uh, Buffalo's offense looked better than the Kansas City offense because of how they played that first quarter, and, and it was looking 
looking ugly. It was like, are the Steelers really going to gut out a defensive win here against the Chiefs and have one of those those ugly offensive games like I think Baltimore had against Tennessee a few few years yeah. back? And it, it kind of started to feel like that. And then Kansas City showed up and showed that that uh, they should be the uh, Super Bowl favorites out of the AFC. Um, Buffalo did dominate that first game against Kansas City. You'll look to that game and you'll say, Buffalo's got this. They go to Kansas City. They, they win. Um, they know that they can hang in this game. Uh, but they're unlikely to go plus four in turnover rate again with this Kansas City offense. Um, the Buffalo rushing attack becoming a thing, and they have to keep it up. That's how you beat this team, 31st-ranked defense in yards per rush. Um, so you want to run the ball, keep the keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, keep your offense on the field. A little bit less of Josh Allen slinging the ball all over, over the, the place is probably the, the best idea here for the— Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Bills, but this is the worst matchup they're going to have for not having Tredavious White. You know they've been able to survive yeah. it with the teams that they've played. This is where you need him against Ty- Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and all these guys. So this feels like the Bucks game where they lost him, or you know before the uh, win game I think against the New England. Then they played the Bucks. They gave up 488 yards. And they lost that one in overtime. They were getting blown out in that game. They had to come back and, and send in overtime. That's right. Um, so it just feels like that could be this game. And don't sleep on the Chiefs defense. I know the Bills offense was unstoppable last week, but the Chiefs defense in home games since adding Melvin Ingram, they gave up seven points to the Packers. That was the Jordan Love game. Can throw that out. Gave them nine points to the Cowboys, nine points to the Raiders, 10 points to the Steelers, a cheap 21 last week with a with a fumble six from, from Watt. And then, you know, two late touchdowns on, on uh, I believe uh, the Steelers had 200 50 yards of your offense, something like that. 229 of them came in those last three drives. They did absolutely nothing until those last three drives. So that defense shows up against the Bills, considering they've been so inconsistent on offense in Buffalo. Um, Chiefs could run away with this game. I, I don't think that's out of the question. So I think with that on the table, I'm hoping it's a shootout, hoping it's competitive, hoping my Bulls, my Bills pull it out. But I think Chiefs win this game ultimately at home. Well, I got to tell you this. If there's one team that's left in the playoffs that can handle the cold, that can handle the loud noise, that can handle all that, it would be these Buffalo Bills. Mikey, let me come to you. Last week, Chiefs, very, very, very slow start. Then it only took a little over a quarter of game time to score 35 points and blow that thing wide open. Do you feel like that start was maybe a little bit of nerves? And then they realize, wait a second, we're the Kansas City Chiefs. And how much do you think that 15 minutes could help them this week against the Bills? Oh, I think it helps a ton. Uh, falling down 7 nothing to the Steelers like that at home, massive wake-up call for them. I think it was great. And I got to jump in quickly and say I love what RJ is doing here. This is the classic emotional free roll for him. <laughs> he can bet the Kansas City Chiefs. If he's right, he makes money. He looks like a genius. If he's wrong, his favorite team wins, and he's celebrating anyway. So I love, I respect classic. the emotional free roll. But, no, I really do love that he's uh, on that side. So – I make the Kansas City Chiefs minus 1.2 points better on a neutral field. When you make a minus 1.2 points better on a neutral field at home, you can. I, I made it a flat three on what the home field advantage is worth because I do believe at Arrowhead in the playoffs, it is a true home field advantage too. It's one of probably the top five in the NFL. So I make it a full three points. That makes a minus 4.2. You get this number at two, gets you through some really key numbers, obviously being three, three and a half, four. 
Um, I, I like this spot a lot. So give me Kansas City here. Like RJ mentioned, uh, Tredavious White's going to be sorely missed, in my opinion, in this matchup. It is. We, we talk about Tyreek Hill all the time, but it's the, Demarcus Robinson is a threat. Byron Pringle is a threat. Like these guys out there, this team is very, very fast. Patrick Mahomes is very good. We all obviously already know that. But I think that they're really going to struggle. You, you mentioned it, but I want to look at the teams that Buffalo has really played without White. The only one okay. that they did that was a legitimate quarterback was Tom Brady. And they gave up 33 points, got crushed basically, right? Other than that, they played the Patriots led by Mac Jones who can't really throw the football. They played the Jets. They played the Falcons. They played the Carolina Panthers with the combination of Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. Uh, they haven't seen an offense with a legitimate quarterback. And I would say you can argue that Tom Brady is obviously legitimate. He really is. But they haven't seen one with a quarterback like Mahomes who can extend plays like we've seen him do a number of times. That's where I think they're going to get in trouble. When Mahomes is on the move and they're extending longer plays, that's where Kansas City is going to sting them. That's where there's going to be a big play that puts them in a really good field position or puts six points on the board. So for me, it's Chiefs are nothing here. Um, I, the Bills are great. Like you said, they can handle the crowd noise still. They can handle the cold weather. Those things aren't going to be much of a factor. But I, I think the Chiefs look good. Um, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Tyree Hill looked fine again in this last game. Uh, I see him doing flips in the end zone after scoring. It doesn't <laughs> seem to be a problem at all with the heel injury this week. Um, I think the Chiefs, you know, you could say the same thing about the Bills offense, but I think the Chiefs on both sides of the ball are coming into this game hitting on all cylinders. When you talk about all cylinders, RJ, and you look at the one touchdown that Kelsey scored, I think is huge for Travis Kelsey because we saw him for four or five weeks not, not be used very much, and obviously defenses were honing in on him. But that touchdown down the sideline for 40 or 50 yards, that was part of a – over 100-yard night for Travis Kelsey. How big of a deal to the Chiefs is the fact that Kelsey himself got back into a Kelsey-like performance? All right. Well, if you're the Chiefs, I don't think you're sweating his usage in the in the regular season because when you're the Chiefs, the season doesn't start until January anyway. So it's not like I don't think anybody was was fretting that he doesn't get you know he didn't get involved. And then you see when the playoffs start, he has a, ma a massive game. So everything's fine on the Kelsey front. I don't think anybody was panicking. It sure is good to see it, um, but you know he's going to show up in January anyway, and you're going to have to have a even if he had you know three, four or five 20 yard weeks in a row. If you're Buffalo coming into this game, you got a game plan around Travis Kelsey because you know uh, how good he is at his ceiling so um you know if, if he's not get putting the numbers up he's still going to be a major factor in this game that defenses have to scheme around so um i think it's good for for him to get going but i don't think it was a concern either way you use the word number mikey the number for the total is 54 and a half the easy thing to do but if you say oh they both scored over 40 it's going to sail to the over but hold the phone what do you think uh, look, I think it's efficient for the most part. Uh, I have it at 54 myself, 53.9. Um, it's the slightest, the slightest of leans on the under. Um, I just, I, it comes down to how good do you think Kansas City's defense really is? And we're going to obviously find out in these spots. Uh, but the thing I do want to point to, and I'm a little shocked that the model was slightly leaning under, frankly, just for the, what you said. And the eye test definitely tells you these teams put up points. Uh, it, it's really Kansas City's ability. We've seen it out of the Bills a few times, but really out of Kansas City, their ability to put together these eight-minute drives. They just yes. put these long drives together where they march down the field. I expect a lot of that from Kansas City here. And, and when you do things like that, 
it really does shorten the game. So when we're talking from an efficiency standpoint, if either one of these defenses finds some red zone efficiency and drives end in field goals, like I, we talk about it when we see big totals in college games, right? You mostly need like perfect game scripts to be able to get over some of the bigger numbers. And to me, this feels like one of those games just because of the way Kansas City puts together some of those really long sustained drives that take up half a quarter. I mean, they routinely do it pretty much once a game where they steal half a quarter on one drive. That's why I thought when the Steelers scored, I thought our first half bet was dead because of those long drives. And there was only seven minutes left in the second quarter. They end up scoring three times in those final seven minutes to cover. But that's a great, great point. RJ, your thoughts on the over? Yeah, the I mean, everybody's going to want to bet the over in this game. You see a tick down a little bit from 55 to get to 54 and a half. I think if you think this game is going over, you should probably want to be on the Bills because that means that their offense is solving this Kansas City defense that has been played so well at home, and they are not having as many issues with the crowd noise, all those factors we said. Um, if this game, I don't think the Bills are winning a 23-20 type of game in this. I think that if the Bills win, it's a shootout, 35-32, 38-35, and this game's going over. So I wouldn't mind parlaying the Bills money line with the over. It, if I think that the over is going to hit and then looking to play the chiefs under, if you, you know, if, if you're on the chief side, like Mikey and I are, cause he said his model is a little bit leaning toward the under. I think there are situations there where the Buffalo offense doesn't show up, has one of those ugly games and this game sits well under with the chiefs winning, you know, a 34, 10 type of game um, that, that everybody's shocked that the bills played so poorly on offense one week after what they did to the new England. So um, I think those are kind of the situations you're looking for a chiefs under parlay or a bills over parlay. I also think that we have to remember that when you get to certain parts of the season, like here in the playoffs, that it's all about just winning and moving on. We saw that with some games and other teams feel like they need to keep scoring and scoring and scoring. So we'll find out what that is. Also, this number is so small that you don't have to worry about a late door cover, all those types of things to cover. Both teams will be in it. So sometimes for me as a novice better, unlike you guys, that makes my decision on whether or not I bet the total or whether or not I bet a side is, is where the number's at. It's such a small number. All right. What a great breakdown so far of these four games. Do not forget, we'll be here Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time for our prop special, and then we'll have a live stream before every single playoff game on Saturday and Sunday because we are here for you. You know, I like to end every single show. Let my guys and ladies tell you exactly what they're looking forward to this week. So as we put up our best bets and you can take a look at them, RJ, what are you most looking forward to this week in these playoffs? Well, it's got to be Bill's Chiefs. It's the, the marquee matchup on there. It's our teams. It's, it's you know, we want to advance. We figure that um, probably if we win this game, even playing the Titans at home, uh, one of these teams might be favored if they come out and have a good game on Sunday. Um, they might be favored on the road against a Tennessee team that people don't really believe in because I think these these are the two favorites here. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also interested to see if you go to C uh, Caesars uh, website, you look at uh, you can bet the early line on the Super Bowl. Right now it's NFC minus one. I think that's really taking into account what if the uh, the Packers make it? They're probably going to be favored in that game. I don't know. I mean, if it's if it's Buffalo or if Buffalo makes it, they've had three straight weeks where they're playing at their peak, and, and you know they're going to look unstoppable. If the Chiefs make it, they're the Chiefs. They have all the the um you know the the uh, momentum in the world and all the playoff experience in the world. So um, I think I might take either of those teams at plus one hundred on the money line in that game. And, and so if I might look to play that now. Uh, I know people might not want to invest their money for three weeks and just have it sitting there, but that seems like a really suspect line to me for that uh, AFC versus NFC Super Bowl matchup being NFC minus one right now. 
That's always such a hard thing when you're betting futures to just have your money sitting there for three straight weeks. Mikey, what angle are you looking at? I mean, it's definitely this Chiefs game, but we'll, we all know that. So I'll talk about the Titans. I'm very interested to see two things in that one. One, what does Derrick Henry look like? How much do they use him? And then Joe Burrow and the Bengals, can they keep their magical season alive? Uh, I've got futures tickets on both the Chiefs and the Titans to win the AFC. So I'm for the Yahtzee scenario of teams meeting in the AFC title game. Absolute free roll for me. Would love that. But I'm very interested to see Derrick Henry and then what can Joe Burrow do on the road in a playoff game here. And I am most interested in something that we don't like to talk about because it brings up, well, this has to happen for that to happen. The fight for that two seed and how important it was for the Chiefs to get the two seed. And the Bengals are a live dog. If they win on Saturday, guess what? The winner of that Buffalo Chiefs game, they will host the AFC Championship. That's a big, big deal because low-key, I think Cincinnati wins on Saturday. I do. But that's going to be a big deal. If they do, boy, does that add some extra spice to that game on Sunday night in Kansas City. No doubt about that. Boys, great job as always. There's only one thing now left to do, and you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these tickets, especially the Chiefs, straight to the pay window. For my crew, RJ White, M Squared, and of course, AB on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. We're here every single day at 10 a.m. sharp. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications so you don't miss one single second. On Wednesday, we'll have our MMA preview episode. And then on Thursday, we have a brand new soccer capper that will come on with Martin W. Green. You'll get to meet him. We call him Buckets. All right. Tell all your friends the only sports betting brand you even need to worry about is right here at the Early Edge. Good luck. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.